I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The 11 to 1 show. Monday morning again, but no blues here. We've got plenty of chat, interesting guests, and great music to look forward to. Starting off with Prince 1999. Kicking off with a party song on a Monday morning, Prince 1999. You can get in touch 086 1800 658. About anything at all, you know, I love to hear from you. Now, something I love on a Sunday is a nice lie-in. It is a rare thing in my house, particularly when I have a crazy seven-year-old, you know, but sometimes even if he wakes up early, he might be pottering around in his own room and he might leave you alone for a while. So you'd have that blissful lie-in on a Sunday and whatever about a Saturday, just a Sunday, you like that, don't you? they like nice little snuggle down into the duvet, nice and warm, just resting and having just a bit of a relax in the bed on a Sunday morning. So the last thing that you would want to hear as you snuggle down deeper in the duvet is this. Oh yeah, there he is now. Out with his mower. It's before nine o'clock. Does he not realise it's a Sunday? This is what happens. And now, according to a leading gardening expert, doing this, mowing your lawn early on a Sunday morning is very disturbing and should not be done. Yeah. This is according to a survey by DIY chain Tool Station. Most people do not like the idea of their neighbours doing this before 9am yeah yeah there's always one of those one or two of those isn't there in your neighbourhood and they could be doing it oh I've heard it as early as half seven I have you know these go-getters who like to get a jump on the weekend and get stuck into their gardening and everything else little regard do they have for those savouring the snuggle down in a duvet on a Sunday morning they're out there proudly mowing the lawn Sometimes they're even singing as they mow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is something that Monica Alvarez, the judge on RTE's Supergarden, said is just bad neighbourliness. Yeah, yeah. And um, I I have to agree, you know, anything, you know, before 9am on the weekend, if you're out mowing the lawn, I'm just going to be angry. I'm not going to like that. You know, I'm really not. Whatever about sort of like half nine. Do you know what I mean? Like half nine, ten o'clock. That's that's acceptable mowing time, I'm going to say. Uh, but it is, yeah. She says, um, even in terms of gardening, there are so many other ways in which one can look after the garden without noise. So if you're keen to kind of get out there early, then grand, you can do that with handheld tools, she says. And even with regards to that, it's the enjoyment of the experience. You get it a lot more because you're far more kind of in closer contact with nature. Also, you're not disturbing the wildlife either. So she's kind of saying, you know, you know, pruning with the handheld tools, you're actually doing a better job than if you come out kind of and hack into it as such, you know. Uh, and then she's saying, just don't be doing this. Don't be mowing your lawn and disturbing your neighbours. She says as well, she's a big advocate for this, uh, not mowing your lawn at all. She says, uh, you know, leaving your lawn to grow is much better for the wildlife, will enhance your garden far more than a neat lawn ever could. Now, we did do in our house the no mow may thing 
uh, which my husband was just thrilled about because that's sort of I look at I'm not going to be going mowing the lawn the, the, it'll be a disaster if I get out there there'll be no neatness at all I'll plough into it God only knows what would happen to the lawn so that's sort of his thing you know and he was delighted he was delighted that there was no mow may but I have to say I do like a neat lawn I do like a neat lawn but not at that time in the morning so I'm wondering does this annoy you as well are you that person are you that person who likes to be up early mowing the lawn? Have the neighbours said something to you about this before? I want to know this morning. 86 658 Some trickling in already. But let me know. What's your stand on this now? Sunday morning or Saturday for that matter. But I will tolerate a little bit more on a Saturday. But definitely not on a Sunday. Is it acceptable to be mowing your lawns early or not acceptable? What do we figure on this? 86 658 Christina Perry, Jar of Hearts, messages coming in on 086-1800-658. Kind of a mixed bag on the mowing situation. Keep those coming in. We're going to get to those very uh, very quickly. And uh, also, we've got music from Niall Horan on the way. And I have news about a girl group that's reforming for a special milestone. The 11 to 1 show. We're talking about that neighbour that mows their lawn before 9am on a Sunday when you're trying to have a lie-in. This is not good neighbourly behaviour, we're going to say. And I'm wondering what your views are on this. I make no apologies, Sinead, says Jed. I love the garden. It's mowed neatly every Saturday morning at 8. I like to relax in the afternoon, so I'm at it early. Right, okay. Uh, my neighbour has no regard for people always out mowing well before nine. No lion here in Slane. Jed, are you living in Slane? Is that your neighbour coming in on 86 658 uh, It's very annoying, but revenge is always sweeter when I take out my petrol power hose to start the cleaning, says James. Oh yeah, you see, you could get revenge on the one that is mowing early in the morning. Uh, Graham, always a smart aleck, has been on. Uh, I always wait until after 12 to cut mine, but the neighbours still come out giving out saying, what was he doing? It's midnight. Midnight, he's cutting his lawn. Yes, very funny. Very funny, Graham. Love that one. Um, also, someone else on text saying, uh, or a chainsaw. A chainsaw that's been used in a weekend morning. Who are your neighbours? And uh, should you be worried? What are they using that chainsaw for, you know? I'd be, that'd be questions I'd be going through in my mind. Let me know. Keep those coming in. Mowing the lawn early on the weekend morning. Is, is that a good idea? Is it a bad idea? What's your feeling on it? 86 658 Niall Horan with Heaven and LMFM's 11 to 1. Tell the weather that the mower can't be started till after 9.30. If you're told there's rain coming out, your rain coming, you get out there early and mow. If the forecast is good, you get out and mowing. I was often asked to mow, but not told to come until after 10. I told them to go get somebody else. Yeah, OK, so the weather. Another one on the weather. Uh, this is from Anne. She says, with regards to cutting the lawn early in the mornings, uh, it, you would be afraid that a big shower would come along. July is a very wet month. Oh, you telling me, Anne. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of running in and out the door to take clothes off the line this weather, that is for sure. OK, yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But also, it's kind of like, you know, on a Sunday morning, there's a few things that are sacred. And a rare lion is one of them. And, you know, look, maybe you should just forget about mowing the lawn if there's going to be showers. Think of the bees, you know, the bees and they need all the flowers and everything, the the, the wild stuff growing, don't they? For it to be coming back. Anyway, uh, keep those coming in to me. Uh, now, I do have um, a little bit of detail here from, uh, this is going to be great, okay? This, if you're into, if you're into your running, particularly you love this, but it's just if you want a bit of crack, right? This is the colour run. So families, young and old, they are urged to step into a world of colour and paint Piltown in all the colours of the rainbow in the highly anticipated five kilometre Drada Credit Union Kills Colour Fun Run. It's in its second year. So it's the column Kills that are doing this. So the colour run, right? It's, um, I don't, it's like, is it dry? Is it powder paint or what is it? It's this coloured powder anyway that's flung at you, which is just... <laughs> You know, it looks like so much fun. It really does. Uh, so you run along the route and you get pelted with this lovely uh, colour. <laughs> and uh, they say it's uh, not just a race, it's a celebration of life, happiness and the spirit of community. So you can run, jog or walk. 
through the Vibrant course and get showered head to toe in an array of dazzling colours. So your single ticket will cost you 15 euro. A family ticket for up to five people is available for 60 euro. And then there's team tickets as well. So whether you're a seasoned runner or just looking for a bit of crack out with friends, this is for everyone. So for further details, you can check out Kill's website. So C-I-L-L-E-S dot com. So that's going to be uh, happening on the 3rd of September, uh, Sunday the 3rd at 2pm. Oh, listen, we'll have to ha- check that out this year. I'd say that is absolutely the best crack. So uh, if you want to do that, uh, kills.com is where you get all the information. Westlife swear it again. I'm actually getting a picture here on WhatsApp of, can I just say, a stunning stunning looking house and uh, balcony. It's coming in from John, John Miles. He says he hoovers, he hoovers his lawn on the balcony. I presume it's like, is it like the sort of, it's obviously like a fake grass situation. You have it looking well there, John. I'm loving that. Uh, if you feel free, by the way, to send your pictures of your garden for me to judge on 86 658 Thank you so much for that. Now, my first guest, we have spoken to numerous times on this show, but we're going to be focusing in now because on, on her career because she's celebrating 20 years in creativity. We're going to be chatting to ceramicist Sarah McKenna. She's going to be chatting about her new exhibition. We're going to chat to her next. The 11 to 1 show. John O'Toole has surprised me on 086-1800-658 by, we were talking about gardens, John. And, you know, if you wanted to send a picture of your garden into me and he sends me in an image of the most perfectly poured Guinness. And he says, what would you rate this of a Monday morning? I don't know. How was your weekend, John? Is all I don't know how I'd rate that. I presume you're on holidays, but uh, that does look like a very nice pint. So enjoy that. Uh, moving from pints now to art, because my first guest has been developing her unique handmade Irish pottery at Bridge Street Studios in Dundalk since 1999. Now she's set to commemorate two decades of her clay journey with an exciting exhibition at the gallery uh, in this summer. It, the artistic showcase will offer visitors an exclusive view of her newest creations, including unique sculptures and wall art and some fan favourites down through the years. It opens on July 27th and I'm delighted to have ceramicist Sarah McKenna in studio how are you getting on i'm good Not slightly jealous of john with his pint there yeah <laughs> <laughs> of a monday morning but can, look congratulations on reaching this important milestone how are you feeling 20 year mark yeah it's kind of a, a strange one because um i joined studio in 99 so that meant like i'm past the 20 years of joining studio i registered as a business in 2003 so that's kind of this year but mm. later this year but every year when my anniversary birthday thing comes up, it's December and um, running around like a headless chicken doing all the Christmas stuff. So I was like, right, do you know what? I actually need to just put a pin in and say I'm going to celebrate this. And it's as much a celebration of all the people who got me here and the fact that I'm still making and that I, you know, and that I've carried on. Um, I still can't believe it's actually been this long. Yeah, you know, because it, it like I think somebody who sets up a business needs to be courageous. Somebody that sets up a business that's based around their creativity that has so much of themselves in it and in the work, and so much of the business is based on whether or not people are going to like it or not. Is that extra bit of uh, c- c- courage and and bravery? Did you need to have that level of bravery to to set up? Um, I think yes, because. You know, all your life, uh, if you're interested in art and you go to art college, you're told like, oh, well, you know, you'll have to get a real job. You'll have to go and do something else. And what are you going to do? What are you actually going to do? And, um, you know, when I joined the studio initially, I was like straight out of college and I was just making like what I wanted to make. And I no, I still make what I want to make. But I wasn't thinking about, you know, mortgages or, you know, maintaining any kind of lifestyle and um. So when I took the leap in 2003 to to actually register as a business and OK, I'm going to actually put my name to this and say, I'll, I'll pay you taxes and I'll do all this. Um, you know, there was a lot of people around who were able to help me out with this. You know, the um, partnership the, yeah. and the, uh, they were, the enterprise office, the, the local enterprise office now. They, um, you know, there was courses and training and, and I hadn't a clue. Mm. I hadn't a clue. But 
it's in hindsight you look back and you go, yeah, it is. You are putting yourself out there an awful lot. And it is a lot of it's quite personal and a lot of people have opinions of of what you're doing or what you're not doing and whether it's art or whether it's craft or whether you're a business. And there's lots of lines that um, can sometimes feel like you're not fitting into a particular box or um, so. Yeah, there's definitely a level of bravery um, in yeah, that's really interesting that you say that because I think, you know, say most people have a certain opinion of the artist, you know, the artist is a mysterious person who, you know, all of their selves go into this work and I'm supposed to be able to interpret the work. That's one artist, yeah. let's say. Then there's the other one, as you say, that's oh, OK, she's in the, you know, the business model. She's yeah. actually like sort of making, she's not living this penniless lifestyle yeah. that we see a lot well, of maybe. artists <laughs> in, you know. So there, there's a lot of mystery around artists, yeah. isn't there? There is a lot and I I had really, I was doing some work um, with a community group. This is a good few years, probably about 10 years ago. And this young fella who's about 16 or 17, he was like, so are you just like sitting up in the studio in a smock and one of them fluff, floppy hats? And I was just like, that's exactly what I do all day. <laughs> I'm having a great time. Um, there, Yeah, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of people, a lot of people have thoughts about it, and that you know, even then, when you talk about ceramics and pottery, everybody thinks I'm um like you know from the movie Ghost, and I'm, yes. I'm on a wheel, and I and I don't <laughs> do that either. So uh, there's um, but it kind of I think probably like through my twenties, I found a lot of that very difficult, and then as I got a little bit older, and and you make more mistakes and you learn from them, that I realised like. Uh, this is what I do. I can do it whatever way I yeah. need to do it. I don't have to fit into anybody's particular um, box. I don't need to be doing one thing or the other. I can do all of the, you know, I can make exhibition work. I can make work to sell. I, I sell to shops and I um, I sell on my website and I do all these different things. Um, and I don't have to do them all. I can choose one or, you know. And it's so, I think, like, as you say, you know, you develop so much as an artist and and as a person and you become so kind of, I suppose, comfortable in what you're doing. Absolutely. And, you know, because so many things can be ingrained into you from college. You must be exhibiting. You must be doing this, you know. Absolutely. So, So tell me, take me back then, where does the artistic streak come from? Were you artistic as a child or was it something that you kind of discovered later on? I think, do you know, when I think back to doing art in primary school, I thought I was really bad. Um, I really didn't ha- have any kind of confidence in doing art at, when I was in primary school. and um, But I probably just was actually not having a great time um, myself anyway. And then when I got to secondary school, it was like, you know, art as a standalone subject. And I had the most amazing art teacher in St. Vincent's in the Dock, uh, Declan Honan, who is... And I thought everybody had somebody like Declan and I realised now it's like, so there rare was yeah absolute solid gold um, and like it was a real uh, haven for me I just loved the art room is amazing there and he just had you know such passion for it and did you find that you could escape sort of whatever was going on with you in, in your life? Because oh, yeah. not everyone likes school, not everyone's no. into and school. Like I'm dyslexic and I discovered that actually when I was at our college, which probably 99% of people at our college were. But, yeah. you know, so primary school was difficult. Um, I thought I was stupid, all those kind of things. Secondary school, when the subjects were split out mm. and I was able to actually, you know, I could stand up and do my art and, do you know, and in St. Vincent's, the art room is like actually totally separate from the rest I've of the building. About this place. Yeah, so, yeah, there's so much like, I mean, the whole haven of it. I mean, like, you're really uh, protected from everything yeah. else that was going on in school. And I suppose, even, you know, nobody, if you weren't doing art, you didn't know what was going on over okay. there at all. Yeah. So, It was was only the people who were doing art who saw what you were doing or, you know, even your work. Yeah, so you had this kind of collective of people that were like-minded, absolutely. So when did you decide, okay, this is my calling, this is what I'm meant to be doing, I'm going to go off and study this? Oh, probably when I was about 14 or 15. I'd already, yeah, um, I'd already made that decision and um, I went off to Belfast. I did one year in Belfast and, and when you go to our college, you usually do, you do one year where you do everything. everything. Yeah. But I just wanted to do ceramics. I knew from when I was about 14 that I wanted to do ceramics. Um, I was too young to go direct into ceramics. I okay. had to do the year. 
Um, and then you reapply to do your specialist subject. So, you know, they kind of have to fit you into a department. Um, so I ended up going to Dundee in Scotland. So Duncan of Jordan. So I was 18 years old and I went away off to Scotland. Way off as um, yeah. And uh, like, and you, you know, I came home at Easter and Christmas. Yeah. I don't think I even came back. I might have come back for a week in summer. Like yeah. I, you know, because I, you have a place over there and you get a job and you do, you know, I worked in Mecca Bingo Hall and I, you know, you were in, 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 you know, very much. And also actually the ceramics department in Dundee was way off at the back of the, it was right down behind architecture. There was no other okay. artists near us. <laughs> so you were kind of uh cocooned there yes. as well yeah it was a uh, it was a great spot so and it can because I, I hear of people that I know that have gone you know through art college it can be pressure 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 oh you it's know, so the, hard the, like you are in now with the cream of the yeah. crop you have to deliver and you know so many I know so many that drop out as well because yeah. so it can be so challenging so you finish college you arrive back home and what happens next how do you kind of yeah. get in touch with the Bridge Street collect- so I um, I arrived back and Told my mum and dad I'd, I'd either be going to Dublin or Belfast. I like moved back into the house after like six years and not being there <laughs> or something. I'm sure they were having a great time. And uh, I, my cousin Joanne was in the studio and I had been up to visit it. It had opened in 95. So at the time I felt like they'd, they'd been there for years, but yeah. it was only a few years. Um, and so I knew the gang there and I'd gone up and used the kiln and uh, I was, uh, I'd cleared a space in my dad's garage and I was footer in a way with clay and uh, and then they they came back to me and said there was a one an artist who'd been there and had moved down to Cork and she might be coming back would you like to sublet her space and I was like yeah that that's good um, and that was that so, and and so she never came back and I stayed and I never left <laughs> you're still there yeah. so it was meant to be but it's so important isn't it particularly for an artist like yourself that obviously needs access to a kill and that sort of stuff but you know I think for any artist it really is so important to not be working at your kitchen table like to yeah. have a space isn't it yeah and like over the years I've thought about you know the idea of creating you know a workshop at home or mm. you know um, I have two kids and they're, they're, you know, young teens now. But the idea that, you know, you could be there. But you, and um, but I just love the space yeah. um, and the support and being able to um, join together to do things. Um, and usually, like nearly every time I've been speaking to you, it's always like a studio exhibition or a yeah. studio event or, you know, we're we're working together. Um, so this time it's it's just me. You, yeah, which is fantastic. So talk to to me about the inspiration behind your work because a lot of it is looking back, nostalgia, sentimentality, yeah. all of that, which is extremely appropriate now for for this milestone. Yes. <laughs> you must be steeped in nostalgia. What is that? What is that about? Where? Why nostalgia? Why does that sort of appeal to you? So um, much? Well, for me, my work is kind of about making connections mm. with people. So. Um, you might look back and you see, you know, even the patterns might remind you of somebody or the text might remind you of somebody or simple imagery make you think of like, oh, that's like my friend or that's like. So the but the idea is that those that nostalgia, or those memories and sentiments will bring you forward so yeah. that, you know, you're you're if you've received a gift or you've bought a piece of art that you're looking at that going, that is my anchor for the day that is what's going to bring me forward and uh, you know there's so much love in the world for you or whatever it is you need to for it you know to to get you through the day and like that might be a mug yeah or it might be a sculpture yeah um but having something and it's not you know it's not my connection with yes it's whoever recipient it's it can be like yes and what happens is I'll have an intention for a piece and this is what it's about to me. But like when the buyer, when they take it and it means something, you know, it adds, has more layers, it's more yeah. a meaning and they'll interpret. And, you know, and I don't, mind work is not complicated. It's usually very easy to understand. Um, but the 
what it means to somebody else is often very different from what it means to me. And often very profound. And as you said, I love that you say it's an anchor as well, because yeah. it totally is. I, I know, you know, some of the pieces that you've made and some of the, the words or the things that are inscribed or the image can totally be an anchor for somebody, particularly depending on where it is, maybe yeah. in your house. Absolutely. And, you know, this one, this exhibition is called Stuck in the Mud. Now, is this, I can go into this now, you know, in terms of the title. Is this like the physical act of creating being stuck in the clay or what? Well, tell me about yeah, the Yeah, well, I think uh, Stuck in the Mud would be seen as like a negative thing, yeah, but I'm totally. actually thinking of it as a positive thing. I like that idea of flipping things, reframing um, you should have seen the list of other possible titles. One of them was Cracked. So, oh, I like that one Because a lot of clay, a lot of uh, <laughs> issues happen with, with clay and, and happening this week. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the idea that I am stuck in this now mm. and in a good way and uh, like it's over 20 years and there's, you know, there's no way out. This is it. No <laughs> this is it. She, does, we should preface, she, she doesn't want a way out. No, yeah, there's no yeah. way out. This is what I do. And yeah. I am stuck in this mud uh, in a really good way. So so tell me about some of the pieces because, you know, people will recognise your work instantly mm. if they, they are aware of you. Uh, but you have some new pieces in there as well, which is interesting. Well, I um, a few years ago, actually in 2020, um, we did an exhibition, a studio exhibition, and I went back to making figurative work, which I hadn't really done since I was in the art room in St Vincent's. Right. I'd done maybe a few pieces at college. Um, so I made some um, kind of figurative head pieces and... Uh, I have been really enjoying them. Really nice. And I still am using, um, you know, I suppose my design identity. I have like line drawings and yeah. I have the patterns and, and things included in them. Um, but I just found it was like another way of expressing myself. It's, um, the, you know, they, I, they're kind of, they're about thinking. They're about yeah. thinking and about memories. So that idea of you kind of like waking up and having a realisation, whether it be good or bad, and how you, you stop in your tracks for a minute. Um, so I've made some more of these pieces um, and uh, and I think they're, I suppose they're a little bit more personal now yeah. because they're for this, um, th- this idea of the last 20 years uh and so I've, I think I've four or five of them, in, and they're they're not out of the kiln yet. So okay, she's still she's still working on them. But it's really interesting that you, as you say, you've circled back to kind oh. of the start and what mm. you've done at the start, uh, because people will be familiar more with the with the plated uh, yeah. work that you have, and I, yeah. and I have some of them as well. And um, so often throughout the year, I'll get commissions to do these pieces, and um, I decided that I would just do some random pieces that I wanted you know for my own my own favourite lines my own favourite quotes so I have some of those um, and often you know I take part in exhibitions um, you know maybe once a year or once every 18 months and it might only be like two or three pieces that mm. I have to make um, but usually that is a nice time I suppose in the corporate world they might call that research and development yeah. where it's where I get to play with things and then I can bring those things into my you know my production work but uh, the this time I have been like full on playing because I went back and I made um, the peppered globes, which are these large kind of um, roundy lights. Oh, and yes. they're very unlike anything that yes. I've been making now. Um, but they, you know, everybody that ever got them, loved them. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, we make a couple of them. And uh, um, I, I had to spend like five days working on these three lamps and I was this is why I don't make these anymore five full days and they're not finished but so. it's, it's interesting that still at this stage you yeah. can challenge yourself yes. and you can you know have that creative buzz again although I know that that's uh, got a lot of frustration in there as well yeah, but it's yeah. good it's good to have that as, yeah. as an artist at this stage so if you were to sum up the exhibition then in a couple of words what would you sort of say well, really, it's just going to be um, a little taster of um, what has been going on in my life for twenty years. Um, you know what? What? What can we? What can we make out of clay? 
love it. I absolutely really love it. I just think your career, your journey has been so, so fascinating. I'm wishing you, you know, the best of luck with this exhibition and many more years into the future, continuing to be uh, so creative. But thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks a million. So Sarah's art exhibition is going to kick off on Thursday, the 27th. And then she's welcoming visitors from the 28th to Saturday, the 5th of August from 10 a.m. to 5. She also does have an artist talk and demonstration as well. And the details of which all of that can be found at sarahmckenna.ie The 11 to 1 show Mooney's for 11 there's Paddy Casey with Liv and just to mention Sarah's exhibition is on in the Bridge Street Studios from the 28th of July to Saturday the 5th of August from 10am to 5 full details sarahmckenna.ie Now still to come a Supergirl group reformed to celebrate a special milestone it's Tattoo Day today and the National Youth Orchestra of Ireland get ready for a big performance The 11 to 1 show Candy rains down on children on this day in 1948. We'll be going back in time right after picture this. Late night text, the lyrics from On air, online, on your smart speaker, this is LMFM and it's now time to go back in time. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day in 1948, US Air Force pilot Gail Halverson encounters children in Tempelhof Airport in Berlin during the Berlin blockade. So he gave him the idea to drop candy and it was called Operation Little Vittles, I think. And today is National Tattoo Day. Uh, This celebrates the history of skin art and its ever-evolving place in society. So this is a fairly ancient art. Uh, It's found far into prehistoric times, preserved in mummified flesh. It's entirely possible that tattoos are even older than the oldest physical skin evidence we've discovered as well. So in Egypt, women were the perfect canvas for tattoos and they were used for all purposes, as you can imagine, for indications of religion and status or as punishment or even to help the healing process. There you go. Tattoo day today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie I have music from the pretenders on the way but first it's time to check in with the world of celebrity. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Crossy. Jazzy is dropping a new single this Friday and it's called Feel It. She's been teasing the track on Instagram and TikTok all over this weekend. It's the follow-up to her track, Giving Me, and here's a taster of it. is returning to Madame Tussauds in London in seven waxworks, each featuring his most glamorous outfits. It's ten years since he made his debut there with his former One Direction bandmates. The sculptures have been inspired by a selection of his show-stopping appearances from around the globe. Lizzo has responded to a fan who told her they chose her concert over Taylor Swift. Lizzo showed how classy she was by replying, Taylor Swift is amazing as well and you don't have to choose because I'm going to get you tickets to Taylor Swift. I love Tay-Tay too, there's no competition here. Killian Murphy did not attend the Irish premiere of Oppenheimer on Saturday due to the writer's strike. His movie is out this Friday alongside the Barbie movie. Killian was asked recently if he'd watched the Barbie movie and here's what he said. I mean, I'll be going to see Barbie 100%, but I can't wait to see it. I think it's just great for the industry and for audiences that we have two amazing films by amazing filmmakers coming out the same day. And yeah, you spend the whole day in the cinema. What's better than that? That's The Buzz. I'm Crossy. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Have you ever done that? Have you ever spent an entire afternoon in the cinema? Or like an extended amount of time like longer than one movie I have it is the best time that you're going to spend I'm telling you when I used to do the film reviews here way back I would sometimes be able to go and see one movie then another one straight after I mean you know just blissful absolutely blissful good to know that Killian Murphy shares the same kind of hobby Go. 
Pretenders Brass in Pocket. Now, the National Youth Orchestra of Ireland, the very talented musicians involved in the orchestra, have been rehearsing non-stop for quite a number of weeks because they have a very special performance. It's going to be their first loud performance happening in the TLT this Friday. It's going to be really a spectacular summer proms showcase and they're going to be taking this show on tour as well. They're going to go to Waterford and Cork. We're going to find out more about the orchestra and the performance with Caroline Traylor. She's the manager. We're going to join her next. The 11 to 1 show. Ireland, it's a prestigious ensemble that brings together the finest young musicians from across the country and it was founded with a vision to celebrate great musical potential of Ireland's youth and the orchestra is now getting ready to stage, uh, to, to head to the stage to perform a spectacular summer proms showcase in the TLT in Drogheda and they're going to be taking this show on tour in Waterford and Cork. Joining me now to tell us more is manager of the orchestra, Caroline Traylor. She's from Leighton and she's on the line. How are you getting on, Caroline? Hi Sinead, thanks so much for having us on. We're uh, we're here in rehearsals and we're we're excited to come to Drahad on Friday night. Oh god, I'd say the rehearsals are going on all week to make sure everything is of top notch, absolutely. But it must be really quite an exciting job, Caroline, to be surrounded by such talented young musicians every day. Oh, it's the most amazing job, Sinead. Honestly, I have such fun every day with them. I mean, logistically, of course, it's a challenge. We have about 103 young musicians in the orchestra and they're from the age of 12 to 19. So, you know, it's a bit of a challenge. You have to make sure that they all, you know, have somewhere to sleep and that they're eating right and they're behaving themselves because in essence, you're kind of there in local parentis. So it is a big responsibility, but, you know, they're really, really good young people and they're so much fun and so talented that it's really very enjoyable. So it's full on this week for the performance uh, which we're going to chat about in a minute but tell us more about the orchestra itself. It's on the go really since the 70s is it? That's right yes yes Uh, we're celebrating 53 years this year Um, so yeah since 1970 and basically it started off back then actually with an older age group um, back uh, on a course in in Wicklow and it's since grown and now we have about 103, 104 in the orchestra and what we do is we take the top young classical musicians from all around the country we do um, national auditions every October so we go to Cork, Dublin Belfast uh, and Galway and we do auditions there and that's how we select um, like the top the top musicians so you'd have all the instruments in there like uh, bassoon oboe violins cellos percussionists you know everything because that's what you need to be able to perform this full symphonic repertoire and yeah because you know the as you mentioned there this is not you know these guys are not beginners <laughs> these guys are like pretty much the top of their game before they arrive in, into you but I would say that you would see an awful lot of progression and as well in terms of their musical talent and also in terms of their confidence because many of them may not have been involved in an orchestra before that's it I mean most of the most of them who come to us they're in maybe their local uh, youth orchestra they might be in Cork Youth Orchestra Dublin Youth Orchestra I mean nearby there is Julianstown Youth Orchestra yes. which is doing great work as well um, so in general they will be maybe regularly going once a week to one of those orchestras and they might be also going to a music school of course to lessons like they w- really would be quite advanced um, but then when they come to us it's kind of a different situation because we hire in um, international conductors so and, and international soloists and it just gives them a chance to to work with sort of the best professionals out there. Um, and so it is sort of a different kettle of fish. Like it's probably the biggest orchestra they, that they will have ever played with and maybe will ever play with. Um, so it is it is a, a different kind of experience for them. Really important experience as well. Yeah, and like there's something as well about performing within an orchestra. Like, I mean, there's no room to hide, by the way, just because there's like <laughs> strengthened numbers. A good conductor will know instantly mm-hmm. when you're playing a bad note. I speak from experience, Caroline, with this as well. Sinead Brazzle, that's you with the wrong note there. Yeah, I, I, I completely. But it is, it's a very, um, it's, it's a great learning experience, isn't it? That's it. And, you know, even before it gets to the point of, uh, you know, being there with the conductors, that's called a tutti rehearsal, you know, when everybody is playing together. But prior to that, we do sectional rehearsals. Okay. Yeah. So that would be, let's say, where all the flutes are in one room and then all of the oboes are in one room, all the double basses are in one room. And they have the best 
tutors that exist in Ireland. So we have tutors from the National Symphony Orchestra, wow. the RCA Concert Orchestra, from, you know, the, the Irish Chamber Orchestra, like the best orchestras in the country are, are, are you know, our tutors, basically. And so any kind of issues would be ironed out, hopefully at the earlier stages. So we've been here since Friday. We're mm-hmm. rehearsing in the Newtown School in Waterford. And uh, we've been here since Friday and we began with these sectional rehearsals. And it's only uh, it was only yesterday that we got into Tushy rehearsals where we put everybody together. And we find that that's really the best format is that you start off with the individual instruments then you bring them up into a slightly larger group until everything is fitting together um, in a big you know a big room of 104 people Oh yeah absolutely and, and in terms of the musicians themselves then have they as you mentioned there they're kind of spending sort of the, the whole time with you they're not going home as such are they? That's right. That's the thing about the National Youth Orchestra is that we don't rehearse on a weekly or a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. So it's quite different to other youth orchestras in the country. We just do these intensive residential rehearsal periods. So we do them twice in the year. Once is in the winter school break. So between Christmas and when they go back to school in January, that's one we do about a week then. And then in the summer holidays, usually in July, we do about 10 days then. So it's a very intensive period. They come to us and they're rehearsing from 10 in the morning till 8 at night. Wow, okay. Yeah, and we have a welfare team here looking after them. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a big campus. We always rehearse at a boarding school um, because we need those facilities because obviously, you know, they're sleeping over. So there's dorm facilities, there's big canteen, there's sports grounds outside. Um, So in the evening times when they finish rehearsal, they can just chill out if they want to or they can do, we have evening activities. So, you know, it could be rounders, it could be a quiz, it could be a disco, a talent show. So the social side of it is actually really important as well because it's here that they sort of make a lot of really good connections and a lot Mm. of friends for life, you know. Oh, that's great to hear. And would you find as well that a lot of these musicians then, uh, they go on to work in orchestras, like when they graduate from the National Youth Orchestra, do they go on, as you mentioned there, the RTE Orchestra, symphony orchestra did they get the thirst to pursue this professionally yes some do and some don't um and and whether or not they do it it doesn't matter i mean the experience enriches them in whatever they go into i mean a lot of the musicians who come to us they might go on and study medicine or Mm -hmm. law or you know it could be it could be any different um you know discipline that they end up going going into but they they've learned a lot of principles with us let's say you know being committed oh uh, disciplined yeah yeah totally exactly and and then of course another side you have people who are very committed to to um career in music and a lot of them will go on from us they'll go on to conservatories around europe and they'll they'll go into third level studies that way and hopefully, I mean, some of them come back and they do play with Irish orchestras or they play with other orchestras around the world or they work as soloists or chamber musicians. Um, so it would be quite a mix, actually. Yeah, that's that's fantastic to see. And this is the first time now that the orchestra will be performing in Loud in Drogheda's TLT on the 21st. So tell us, what can we expect from this spectacular showcase? Well, so this is a classical programme, so it will be a concert of two halves, but 45 minutes and 45 minutes with an interval in between. Um, And so we are doing a really fresh, diverse programme. So we'll be doing uh, Rachmaninoff Symphonic Dances. That would be the major work that Mm -hmm. we're doing. Um, We're also doing Coleridge-Taylor's Ballade. Boulanger's uh, De Matin de Printemps, which is a lovely little piece. And uh, we're also doing a really special Richard Strauss Four Last Songs, and that's with soloist Eilish Tynan. Now, Eilish is the most beautiful Irish soprano. I mean, her voice is stunning. So that's, that's a treat in itself. And she has such an amazing personality that comes across on the stage. And we're really, really excited to work with her. Um, and the one thing that I really wanted to say, Sinead, is yeah. that people, people sometimes think that all classical music is boring. Oh, it's not. It's not. It's not I, you know, definitely not. Like, no. Oh, I, I won't understand it or I'll show myself up because I won't know where to clap. That's <laughs> nonsense. And I really wish that, that people knew that it's accessible for everybody. That's why we keep our ticket prices so low. So yeah. our standard ticket is 20 euro. For children under 18, it's 5 euro. Because we want to make sure. And that's actually the reason. We're not even doing a Dublin concert this time. We're doing it in Drogheda instead because we think, okay, not everybody has the has a way to get into Dublin yeah. or 
You know what I mean? So important to make it accessible. Yeah. That's it. And it's a national youth orchestra. It's not a Dublin National Youth Orchestra. And so it's really important that we serve the people of all regions. um, And that's why it's really important that we go to Drogheda. Actually, we haven't been there in a really, really long time um, and never in the TLC Theatre. So um, it's going to be really a treat. And I just encourage everybody to come along, try something different. You won't regret it. Oh, definitely not. And it is something different. And as you say, from somebody that knows, uh, you know, I I played piano for years. So in terms of the classic music, music absolutely it really is accessible and people should should appreciate it more absolutely well I'm going to let you go back to rehearsals there wishing all of the musicians the best of luck I've no doubt they're going to absolutely thrill audiences here when they come to Drogheda but thank you so much for joining me today Thank you so much Sinead and for people who still have to buy tickets uh, they're available on vtlt.ie so that's the Tommy Letty Theatre website. Fantastic. So they're going to be performing this very Friday and as Caroline says thetlt.ie Dermot Kennedy Kiss Me and LMFM's 11 to 1 on the way I've got music from Alanis Morissette and the script. The 11 to 1 show Alanis Morissette with Ironic on LMFM's 11 to 1. The biggest girl band in the world is getting back together for a very special milestone, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's happening. And apparently all five, all five of the Spice Girls set to take to the stage... Victoria Beckham, she was always the one that was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go back here. But she apparently is in secret talks with them for the last six months or so. And they're even considering performing at Glastonbury to mark the anniversary. Victoria is ready to rejoin the band, according to The Sun. She's been missing in the past, but apparently Victoria is going to be 50 next year. The girls' milestone is 30, so... The two anniversaries seem too good to mix, to miss. Now, there's going to be no new music and Victoria's kind of fairly adamant she doesn't want to perform live unless for like a really kind of one-off opportunity so there's no sort of like big tour as such. But they are considering a fly-on-the-wall documentary to mark the anniversary and there's big plans on what they're going to do to mark the 30th. So I'm very excited as a huge Spice Girls fan back in the day. I'm still a fan they get back together fantastic for whatever it might be so there you go all five of them due to get back together next year LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes backed by Gosh Energy replace your old inefficient gas boiler with Local Heroes visit localheroes.ie Meath Local Sports Partnership uh, Meath LSP require an office administrator for one year maternity cover if you are interested please send your cover letter and CV to Mary she's mary.murphy at meathcoghoke.ie the City Bin Company requires HGV drivers for their Dublin team to apply email careers at citybin.com. Don't forget all the details of those job search can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes. Backed by Gosh Energy. For gas boilers, heat pumps and electric vehicle charge point installation. Visit localheroes.ie. There's a script, break even in LMFM's 11 to 1. It's coming back for 2023. It's happening Saturday 29th of July on Betty's Town Beach. It is the very popular National Sandcastle and Sculpture Contest. And if you've not been to this, it's very, very good. It's actually celebrating its 20th anniversary this year on the 29th of July. And it is such a fun day out on the beach with this novelty of watching the wonderful and downright weird creations that come from the sand thanks to the skill of these brilliant sand sculptors who range in age from very very young right through the ages really so if you're looking for a loose uh, if you're at a loose end that day and you're looking for something to do with the family it really is a fantastic day out and great crack to watch because you can see these amazing sculptors being created how they do it in sand the flimsiest of all things to be kind of working with but it is a chance for families schools businesses 
neighbours even, to have fun and use your imagination to build sandcastles and sculptures. You don't need any experience. Everyone is welcome. So it's literally like a fiver, I think, for a senior sculpture and three for a junior. And uh, it all starts off, I think your registration is around 10.30am and uh, you can... um, Sorry, yeah, registration, yeah, 10.30am right up until 2.30. Kind of pretty much goes for the whole afternoon. And there's, you know, you have to kind of have uh, the sculpture made out of sand, but you can use wood and shells and seaweed and that sort of stuff as well uh, for for this. And really, it's the originality, creativity, attention to detail, that sort of stuff is what the judges will be looking out for. I think the judges start around 3pm judging and the prizes are at 4.30pm and the prize is up for grabs by the way senior sculpture for a first prize 500 euro not bad now for an afternoon's kind of crack messing around in the sand 500 euro second prize 250 euro and the junior category so this would be sort of for under fives under eights that kind of thing they have uh, price uh, prizes ranging from 50 euro 30 euro it's a great day out and if you haven't gone along I highly recommend it hope fingers crossed the weather will be nice on the 29th of July on Town Beach and you know I was there yesterday and uh, it's been ages since I was walking around Betty's Town in Late Town stunning there's so much uh, there's lots of little coffee shops popping up out there and I know that there's a little revamp going on there around the centre there's is there houses or apartments or something being built there as well but the place was bustling considering it was you know a, a dull overcast day and I was out in Late Town as well absolutely gorgeous just to kind of take, take a chill out and there was a lovely I have never done it that lovely walkway near the, the where the train passes over there's a little walkway in Late Town that you can do really really nice and the beach was absolutely immaculate out there as well so great stuff so the 29th of July that is when the Sand Castle and Sculpture Contest is happening The 11 to 1 Show Getting back to the music now here's Van Morrison Bright Side of the Road on 11 to 1 Van Morrison, bright side of the road. Cahill in Mornington has been on. He's saying to me that the building that I saw going on near the beach there and the centre, it's actually a new library that's going to be built in the Bedestown area. Fantastic to see that. Uh, so hopefully that won't take too long to be done. And then there's going to be a new centre shop there as well. Almost time for me to say goodbye. I think we can squeeze this one in. It's Kim Carnes, Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> Yeah, Betty Davis eyes, Kim Carnes bringing the show to a close. Thank you so much for your company as always. Enjoy the rest of your Monday and I'll chat to you again tomorrow. The 11 to 1 show. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.